Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, uh, one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will discuss details from previous episodes. My name is Harrison, and I have frequently been referred to as a killer's not monster from outer space. It's true, that happened just the other day. (laughs) And uh, I'm Jason, and I like hanging out in the back of interns' cars. (laughs) Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Sounded like a threat, oh my god. (laughs) We are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 9, Listening to Fear. This is the one where uh, a demon that preys on mentally ill people crashes to Earth because it is from space. Uh, this demon specifically targets Joyce after Buffy brings her home from the hospital to rest before her surgery in two days. This episode is also extremely emotional. Yep. Listening to Fear was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Solomon and originally aired on November 28th, 2000. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Jason! Harrison! We're drinking a drink, as we do on these these eppies. Yeah, you know the it's uh, called it is called booze and buffy. Yeah, um, yeah we, we we usually drink booze. I think I, I think it, like one time I was kind of sick, so we didn't or I didn't. Oh yeah, I, I think I was drinking a beer and you just had water because your tum tum was hurting. My tum tum. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this is we're drinking a. Uh, it's called an Eventide. Um, this is a new drink. I've never had it before. Jason has never had it before. And, uh, John had never had it before. But there was a recipe for it on the back of one of the bottles of liqueur we had. And it's, um, gin and... Orange bitters. Orange bitters. And what, oh god, what did he... Um, some... Americano something or other. Some sort of liqueur. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, what this is. I'm excited to taste it. Uh... It's not every day you get to have a brand new cocktail for the first time. <laughs> um, Hopefully it's good, because if it's crap, we're just going to be like, ugh, throughout the whole episode. <laughs> well, I'm, I am going to be like that throughout a lot of this episode, because oh, yeah, fucker but is for, nasty. Yeah. For the, <laughs> yeah, the queller's already, uh, already a problem. But uh, it is your turn to do a toast. Yes. Um, I'm going to do a toast to... Things happening in the world that are good, like, um... Not Ukraine stuff. Not, no, not Ukraine stuff, which is actually something very much on my mind, because uh, my brother is in the army, and, uh, so that's, that's all stressful. Um, God, what's good in the world? <laughs> that's sad on We've seen a recent uh, significant downturn in COVID cases. The Olympics. Uh, and the Olympics are happening. Uh, so those are two good things. Um, and uh, there's a lot of good television out there. Um, you had like a whole hip hop 
uh super bowl halftime show for yeah the first time ever that was really good yeah uh, mary j blige damn so actually like that was i thought that was kind of the weaker one of the weaker parts of it that's because you're straight well i mean no 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 <laughs> i mean vocally no i mean she she had a really good costume though i, I really enjoyed dr dre though i didn't see his part i uh i missed you only watched the Mary J. Blige part? I honestly only caught, like, snippets here and there, because I was actually in the middle of a really intense conversation with my mom. Oh, that'll do it. About the, my brother in the army. Okay. Um, anyway, weird toast. Uh, a toast to all of those random things we just said. That was a really, like, satisfying clink. It's not a very pushy flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very smooth. And then, like... Just like a like, like a bite of orange there at the end. Yeah, and even that's like kind of very subtle. Oh, I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah, I don't know if it's something that I'd like order unless I was just like I need something to get <laughs> to get liquored up on. Um, <laughs> liquor up? I hardly know her. Anyway, uh... <laughs> liquor. I don't even. I hardly know her. <laughs> All right, we start. Where else? It's season five. We start in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and uh, Joyce and the girls are hanging out in Joyce's room. Um, Dawn is exhibiting more signs of being uh, written younger than she was cast <laughs> by eating Joyce's jello with her hands. Um, you know, though, we say that. But I could easily see a 13-year-old... I could easily see a 13 or 14-year-old doing that as well. Like, um... Because, you know, you're lying in bed. You don't want to reach for a spoon. <laughs> That's fair. It's like, I'm already reaching for the jello. I don't want to reach for a spoon, too. So you're saying Don's lazy. <laughs> I mean... It sounds like they've been with Joyce, like, for the majority of the day. And when yeah. you, like, are in bed all day... You don't feel like doing anything. I got the impression it's probably been longer than that even. Like yeah. um, like several days probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Don, uh, Joyce doesn't like Jello. She doesn't like food that moves on its own. Um, not a not a horrible. I, yeah, I, I I like Jello, but I I, I sympathize with her point of view. Um, so like she's a, the one in the hospital. If so. we ever had like a Star Trek. Uh, Buffy crossover. She would not be a fan of Gah. No, because well, it would be well Klingons. Well, I don't know. Like, hey, don't knock it till you tried it. But Gah does taste best according to Klingons when it is served fresh and alive. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> fresh meaning alive. <laughs> um, Don explains that uh, it's made from cow's hooves. Um, and a friend of hers told her that, that if you eat jello, that means there's some cow limping around with no hooves. Um, to which Dawn is like, but I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure they kill the cow before they <laughs> cut the feet off. Right? I, <laughs> yeah, right? She's not worried about, like, because I, it is a fun subversion because that is like, a kind of a stock tro- tr- uh, trope is like, people being disgusted when they find out that like gelatins or like certain foods are made with ground up hooves. Dawn is not concerned about that. Doesn't phase her, but she does want to make sure the cow was dead first. Because she doesn't, uh, she's she's not about animal cruelty. Well, I mean, there are just some things that wig people out more than others. Like, for instance, you've seen an insane amount of horror movies, mm-hmm. and yet 
You were squirming in your seat when the... It's just so gross. When the, when the little monster showed up. It's not even that I found it particularly frightening. It was... It's just disgusting. It's so... <laughs> ugh, it makes my skin like, stop letting oh. me see its face. Oh, oh, oh God. I didn't get that close-up of its horrid little mouth. We'll, we'll get to it. Oh. We'll get to it. Let's, oh. um... So, the doctor comes in. Yeah. Uh, he... Joyce's uh, blood work has come back good. They are able to schedule her for surgery to remove the tumor in two days. Two days, and she she does not want to stay in the hospital that long. Um, we get one more little scene before we go to the credits, and it's... well, um, Joyce is like Joyce is worried that uh, Buffy needs to be on patrol. Oh yes, but Buffy's like, no, um, Riley and everyone else has taken over. They're handling it. Except they're not. Uh, well, some well, of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are pulling their weight. <laughs> but not uh, the person that you named. Giles and Xander are there while Willow slays. <laughs> they, they are act, physically present. They act as very good diversions, but in all fairness, they are fighting a fucking Amazon of a vampire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so tall. So ripped. I was like, damn. Yeah, I... Actually, do do you have like the I the actress? I would I would well, not be surprised if she was like an MMA fighter or something. Oh, see, I was gonna say I, I was like I bet she's a like a stunts person on the show. All right. Um, so I'm guessing this is Vampire Chick. Yeah. Um, is who? Uh, oh no, that's the one who was blowing Riley. <laughs> um. My, my options are. You know, you say blowing Riley, but she was really sucking Riley. Well, that's fair. Uh, my options here are older night watchman, uh, probably not skinny mental patient, vampire chicks, nurse lampkin, creature and creature, and then uh, oh interesting, uh, Bailey Chase, uh, aka Graham, was uncredited for his appearance. Okay, I mean he's in like two shots and has no lines that I remember. But well, that that's unfortunate. I would really like yeah. to find out more about this uh, this stunt person. Let me see if maybe because she stands out. In the best way possible. Because at first I was like... Because... One, it seems like you don't get a lot of female vampires in these fight scenes that often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But also, the fact that she was so physically intimidating at first, I'm like... Is Harmony fighting with that? (laughs) And then I'm like, no, that's just a vampire, but she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I have no... Nothing on the wiki that's indicating who she is. She had like... Giles and Xander by the throat at the same time. Yeah. But fortunately, this gave Willow the opening to Staker. Yay! Um, they... Yeah, Willow stakes both these vampires. She is very proud of herself, but also her knees are dizzy. Um, I mean, yeah. Which is a, a great little turn of phrase. I love that. <laughs> um, and yeah, Xander is like, who the fuck was Riley? I do like that it's... um. Because, you know, this has been a theme for a couple episodes now, and it's always Xander who's taking it, like, the most personally. Um, which I makes sense, because I think he and Riley, they, they bonded a bit last season. And I also think it might be the fact that um, while Riley is, like, better looking and stronger than, uh, than Xander is, I feel like Xander kind of sees him as, like, oh, you're, you're like me now, you're a regular guy. And um, we're going to be there for, like, these yeah. these strong women. And he's not being there. And so he's just kind of like, 
Mm-hmm. Not like you're making me look bad, but I mean, like this is like I've been in, I've been doing this for a few years now, so this is yeah. now you're supposed to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, say what you will about Xander, and trust me, we have and we will. <laughs> but Xander at least fucking shows up. Yeah, he's you know? he's a uh, he's good old reliable. Good old reliable, and honestly, it, it, he's holding his own. He's he's doing as well as Giles is in this fight. Like, um, so you know. Yeah. They didn't realize they were going to meet, like, a vampire queen. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can, um, can she be on the spinoff? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, I know she's dusted, but I would <laughs> so love for her to Darla. Come... Yeah. I would love for her to come back and be on the spinoff. Yeah. Um, where is Riley, though? Jason, can you tell the people so that I don't have to? Because I just can't. Riley is in a little back alley, um... Having a vampire suck on his arm, suck some blood, and he's into it. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, what happened at the end of the last Buffy episode was not a one-time affair. No. So it sounds like, it, it looks like he's making a habit out of getting um, getting his blood sucked by vampires and then probably killing them afterwards, which is a really weird kink. Right, and it's just like... And the way this is... We normally don't kink shame here, but yeah. uh, this isn't great. And it's I also just don't love the way it's filmed. It's very much like, oh, he's hired a sex worker. and But also kind of a... Because it's drinking from his arm, there's kind of like a... like a, Almost like a heroin sort of imagery. Yeah, and... I and love like, it. And I'm trying to think of... Um, I honestly don't remember the reasoning that he gives for it in the end, um, but I don't remember it feeling satisfying, yeah. and it really just seems like such a random thing mm-hmm. to like put on Riley uh, in response to all of the uh, insecurities that he's been feeling. Yeah. So it, it just kind of seems almost out of nowhere. Yeah. Luckily, we can put that to bed for this episode. Yeah. Thank uh, God. Um, the next day, uh, the Summer's Women are visited by, uh... Jewish Santa Claus! Tiny female Jewish Santa Claus. Yeah! Um, Willow has brought gifts. She brings Joyce a beer hat! Yes. And (laughs) she realizes in the middle that this is ridiculous, but Joyce is very touched, which is sweet. So I think... My favorite use of that hat in anything is in the movie Happy Gilmore, mm. which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Say what you will about Adam Sandler now, but Adam Sandler in the 90s was, like, grade A funny shit. Um, but yeah, I love, like, how at one of the golf meetups, um, they have, like, the two, like, really professional golf announcers there. And they're like, oh, we have a very large and economically diverse crowd here in, like, the whatever <laughs> open, Waterbury Open or whatever it is. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I even saw somebody with one of those beer dispensing helmets. <laughs> and then it's a smash cut to Happy Gilmore's uh, caddy, who he, like, who was just this homeless guy that he's like, hey, be my caddy. And, and he's the one who's got the helmet on. I'm always a fan of uh, of a good like like commentator humor. 
Yeah. Um, like I'm thinking specifically, uh, the one that comes to my mind is, uh, Elizabeth Banks and, uh, I can't remember the, the guy's name and yeah. And pitch perfect. Oh, I always forget his name too. Oh God. Cause it's, I mean, he's very funny, but I think Elizabeth Banks has all the best lines. He's, he's a lot of the setup and she's the punchlines for a lot of those. But I love the one where he's like, blah, blah, blah. Who would have thought that these girls could have, and she's like, well, that's cause you're a misogynist, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, um. I love, uh, I actually really enjoy sports movies, and uh, it's funny because I was just talking about, like, 90s Adam Sandler. Like, after the 90s, Adam Sandler really becomes hit or miss, and now I feel like it's mostly miss. But there's, like, one exception to that, um, and I would say that is uh, the remake of The Longest Yard. Okay. And um, I actually, it's funny because uh, I showed our friends Aaron and Skylar this one night, um, and they aren't huge fans of sports movies, but they really enjoy this. And it's really funny because afterwards, um, Skylar even told me like, yeah, you like showed us a football movie and I really liked it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, one thing that I really enjoy is, um, is when, uh, you have like commentator humor wise, you've got like an actual commentator playing a fictional version oh, of yeah. themselves and that one is one of my favorites because it has a uh, Chris Berman who um, who's like uh, an ESPN commentator and he's very uh, he's very well known for like um, he's like he does his like whoop sound and um, <laughs> and it's so funny that like he's he's commentating on that game with an inmate from the prison. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I actually have never seen the original Longest Yard. Um, everybody really loves it, uh, but. I I actually highly recommend uh, Adam Sandler's Longest Yard. It, it's got a. It's like mid two thousands, right? Uh, just pulled it up. It's George Clooney, yeah. No, no. Um, I think it's something else. Two thousand five, yes. Um, no. Uh, so it's got Chris Rock, James Cromwell, uh, Nelly, uh, and Burt Reynolds. Who uh, Burt Reynolds played Adam Sin- the character. Bird Reynolds playing the original movie, the character that Adam Sandler's playing gotcha. in this movie. Um, and yeah, and also, like, one of the first things I ever saw Terry Crews in, because uh, he plays a, uh, he plays Cheeseburger Eddie. Is there, like, a, around that time, did George Clooney also do, like, some sort of football movie? Leatherheads. That's it. Which yeah. I haven't seen. But um, uh, an old friend of mine told me that she really enjoyed it, and I'm like, that's strange for you. But Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Jewish Santa Claus. Jewish Santa Claus brought on uh, a book of spells. But Don't worry. Really. It's just a history of the spells. The girl who can break things by looking at them will not learn how to break things by looking at them. I love uh, Buffy saying that. Because, yeah, Don does break a lot of things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a it's a joke that I don't think really hit me as hard the first time I saw it, but this time it's just like... Gosh, Buffy, you're kind of being a little rough on Dawn, and then you hear a smash, and like, and sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has brought Buffy her history book. Buffy is uh, none too pleased until Willow also pulls out a yo-yo. <laughs> Boy, does she know Buffy. <laughs> uh, this was uh, giving me uh, Killed by Death vibes, though, of when Buffy, she brought uh, Buffy, Buffy's homework. Buffy's like, until Willow was like, but I've already done it for you. And <laughs> Buffy's like, yay! And, um, I mean, we do remember uh, at the beginning of the season, it, uh, Buffy did show that she was, um, was the beginning of the season or end of season four, that she was like kind of really showing an interest in history. 
Yeah, it's been this season and like um because we saw her in like her history class where she was like positing that, you know, like Robespierre or whoever yeah. was like a vampire. Um uh So I don't think like I mean at least like she didn't bring like a calculus book or something. Yeah. And like Buffy has been specifically also very interested in the history of the Slayer and like yeah. so um yeah, this is when Joyce uh, shouts, I'd like to snap it in half and get into bed with it or something like that. Stick it in bed with stick me. Stick it in bed. Yes, that's it. Stick it in bed. Because I was like, it's something that's very visceral and stick it in bed with me. is. Um, and this week's gay agenda is I agree with Joyce. There's oftentimes I'm like, mm, I'd like to snap that in half and stick it in bed with me. Um, and I'm talking about men who are very hot. I want to have sexual intercourse with. That's not what Joyce is talking about. Not, no. She's either talking about the book or she's talking about the test that Buffy it's, is going to yeah. take about World War One and Trenchfoot. Yeah. And everyone's very, very startled by this. Um, obviously. Um, and yeah, it, Joyce kind of snaps out yeah, of it pretty it, much immediately. It's a, it's a Tourette's-like mm-hmm. um, it's a Tourette's-like outburst. Yeah. And takes them all by surprise yeah um particularly dawn um they they leave their room to let joyce rest and dawn's like what the fuck and reasonable like <laughs> yeah um i have to say um i want to give like uh props to michelle trachtenberg in this episode yeah i mean we're obviously going to give props to um uh to to sarah michelle geller and um uh christine sutherland mm-hmm. um Wow, I don't know why I blanked <laughs> on that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give we're gonna give props to both of them, but uh, like I said, we're a very pro Don podcast, and I want to like I want to like celebrate Michelle Trachtenberg when she mm. has a really good episode, and I think this is a good episode for yeah. her. Yeah, I agree. Once again, all three Summers women knocking it out of the park, um, and yeah, Don in particular is. Um, that like vulnerability and confusion mm-hmm. um, that she has, because um, Buffy has—I mean, Buffy is stressed and all this—but she has the luxury of being kind of in charge. She has a role. Yeah, she knows what she has to do, um, which is kind of what she was struggling with last week. Was um, you know she couldn't punch her way out of the situation. Dawn doesn't have that. She has to rely on Buffy for information and. Um, you know, she's just kind of along for the ride. Um, she doesn't really get to be part of decision making. Um, and that's really, that's a scary place to be. Yeah. I think for anyone, especially for someone as young as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Buffy explains to her that the doctor told her that, you know, the tumor that's on her brain, she might say strange things. Um... At that moment, a mental patient who's being checked out of the hospital comes up to them and says, there's, pointing at Dawn, says there's no data, there's nothing there. Um, she's empty. Um, and Dawn is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would be too. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's like this stigma towards like, mentally unhealthy people um but i mean it it's not unreasonable to be scared by an outburst like that yeah yeah and um they do 
Yeah, and I do think this episode does a good job, more or less, of, uh, you know, it's a bit of an outdated uh, portrayal of mental illness in some ways. You know, people banding about the word crazy, like, it's mm-hmm. nobody's business. Um, and, of course, we are dealing with the fact that these are, these these people aren't naturally n- mentally ill. They are... Uh, I, I don't. Th- I think at this point it's okay to say yeah. that these people have been so, affected uh, by glory, right? Um, well, we've seen it happen already, right? And Ben, uh, who shows up uh, to check on the three, um, does say like, uh, "Oh, is there like you guys okay?" Um, he's like, "Yeah, we're sending him home." Willow's like, "Oh, you're sending him home?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, the ward's been so packed lately, and it's not really something that you would think of that would be." Like pack, and then like the whole episode kind of like leads to the reveal mm-hmm. of Ben kind of like cleaning up Glory's, uh, just yeah, a Glory's great mess. reveal, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I really do love how this episode it does a really good job of tying this emotional arc between uh, Buffy, Dawn, and Joyce, and Joyce's illness with the Glory. Plot line. And I, and that's that's one of the biggest strengths of season five. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, gosh, can we talk about Willow and Tara just being so cute? Mm-hmm. They've got a little, little like camping situation set up on the roof of, I guess, their dorm. Uh, we've got a blankets and they're they're cuddling and they're looking at the stars. And um, Tara has her own name for the constellations. Tara, yes, she's like. Something that me personally, uh, if it's not the Big Dipper or like Orion's Belt, if you're pointing out a constellation to me, I'm just like, those are stars. I Yes, indeed. Um, I also just have a hard time seeing like the shapes that they're supposed to be. So I do love that Tara is just like, I, they never made you, sense to me, so I've made up my own. You know, it's really funny. Um, I'm aware of a lot of the constellations. I mean, studied space and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but... I actually don't see them in their, uh, in like the shapes that they're supposed to be either. I literally just see like the arrangement of stars. Mm. Like, um, I don't look at Orion and see, oh, this warrior. I see like, oh, it's like those, those stars and like the three Mm -hmm. stars and then like the little, um, star nursery underneath the belt. Um, but yeah, I, I see that now. Um, I do have this really fun app on my phone. Uh, called uh, Star Chart, and it's like you can like hold it up. Once it like calibrates, you can hold it up and like it, and you look at it at you look at your phone, and on the screen it shows like hold it up at the sky, and you can see it outlines like what stars are where. Yeah. It's cool. And um, yeah, and there actually is a mode where you can turn it on, and it shows like what the constellations are supposed to be. Oh, like, I didn't know that. So yeah, so like in, like. If you hold it up and look at Orion, it will show like an outline of a warrior. That's cool. With that, um, so it's interesting. Yeah. John has that app as well, and we were um, several months ago. We were out at my grandmother's uh, place um, in Oldham County, and you know you're further away from the city, less light pollution, yep. more stars. Um, particularly in the part she lives in. Um, and so he had the app out and was like looking at the stars and my dad and my stepmom were like, what are you doing? And he like showed them and they were like, they, they, their worlds were rocked. They were like, they like both like downloaded it immediately. They were uh, like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen 
my like my stepmom and John like have that long a conversation before. <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny. It is a really cool app. Um, uh, yeah, like while they while, while they're looking at these stars, zoom. Yeah, I see a meteorite come yeah. down. <laughs> um, of Tara's constellations that she made up, what was your favorite? I like the. Uh... I like the pile of crackers. Pile of crackers. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I um, I really liked uh, Moose getting a sponge bath. <laughs> it makes me think of um. It makes me think of that scene in Shrek where he's pointing out the constellations, oh, yeah. and it's all like just it's all like random ogres stories or whatever. It's like and Doggy's like, hey, you're making this shit up. <laughs> yeah. I also like um, Great Big Pineapple specifically because of. Uh, Amber Benson's delivery of the line, hence the name, after yeah. t- Willow's like, it's very big. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, really, really adorable moment. It's um, so cute. And I, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, obviously, part of it is plot point. They have to see the meteorite come down. But I appreciate being able to take 30 seconds of time to have a super cute moment between these two. I also feel like we've been very light on both Willow and Tara mm-hmm. in these last few episodes. So yeah. it's nice to sneak in a um nice to sneak in a little uh snippet of the relationships that are still going strong honestly everything's been so uh like i I think all the scoobies honestly have been a little on the back burner this first half of the season yeah because we've had like because we've had riley going through his shit we've got buffy having to deal with you know not just glory but all the joy stuff and the dawn stuff yeah and the dawn stuff and then like we get these obligatory spike appearances, but then we also get like the fool for love. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's just nice to get that a uh, little bit of time with them. Uh, the Scoobies, Sans Buffy, uh, go in, uh, investigate. They, um, they find a, a meteorite. <laughs> this is not the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is it a meteorite? Is that correct? Am yes. I, okay. Um, I believe it is. Um, a meteor is when it's actually in the air, and the meteorite is when it's. Um, once it's landed. Once it's landed. I could be wrong though. I sh- I feel like I should know that. <laughs> Let me look it up. No, I, that sounds right to me. Um, and a comet stays in space. Well, see, a comet is its own thing. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Meteors are objects that enter Earth's atmosphere from space. Uh, the term meteorite refers only to those bodies that survive the trip through the atmosphere and reach Earth's surface. Mm. Now, meteors are... This I can tell you. Meteors are more... Um, are more rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, technically, if it's not it through the Earth's atmosphere, then it is uh, an asteroid. Um, okay. But yeah, asteroids are rocky. Comets are actually mostly ice. Oh, I did know that actually. Yeah. Now that I now that you say that, cool. Learning science, y'all. Yeah, you know it's been a while since I've like thrown some of that science down. <laughs> I remember when you used to like be like, "Oh, Jason, time for your science corner. <laughs> Explain it to me. Explain like, the know. universe." I don't know. Um, they uh, they're like. They discover it's hollow, um, and they're like, okay, well, 
something evil probably slithered out. And <laughs> I love when um when Anya says like, "Oh, is it hot? Because that could be residual radiation, make you sterile." And, and Xander immediately like falls over himself yeah. to get away from it. I do love when he is also like, you know, we don't know that it slithered out, and Anya's like, "Yeah, I'm sure it bounded about like a happy lamb." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they discover the body of the man that uh, Willow, Buffy, and Dawn saw in the hospital. Um, Buffy. They did uh, show. They did show earlier in the episode a yes. thing attacking him from a tree. Yeah, and um, Willow explains um, who he is, and they're all like, oh, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> you know, should we call Buffy? Um, and. They're, they're very adamant. No, we don't call Buffy. She Riley has to pull, take care of her mom. Riley pulls some gunk out of the... Uh, other guy. Was it out of his nose or out of his uh, mouth? It was out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pulls some gunk out of there that like apparently smelled horrible. Uh, Xander had no desire to touch it. and <laughs> wanted to just walk on, run away and dry heave. And uh, yeah, I could probably picture that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the And everybody's like, well, we could uh, go looking in the forest... Let's go research, though. Let's go research. <laughs> um, Riley does stay behind, though. He says, like, uh, oh, you know, I'm not that good at researching. Wow. wow. Xander. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he says that, like, he, he, uh, he prefers, like, a crime scene. And, uh, and the Scoobies are like, all right, we'll call us. And uh, so they leave, and he calls in his boys at the initiative. I mean, at least it's something useful. I don't need to see the initiative again, but, like, at least it's being helpful. You know what the sad thing is, though, is that none of this really matters. Because the, like, it it does lead them to Joyce, but Buffy and Spike take care of the, take care of this thing, take care of the Queller before they even get there. And then all the Queller information that we get comes from the research, not from... The, The initiative stuff... Is not pertinent to this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, the creature, though, is at the hospital. Crawling along the ceiling with its little fishbowl eyes. Uh, I do like these uh, perspective shots from the creature. Um, the way the lens is warped. And, yeah. Um, but while that's going on, Buffy and Joyce... Joyce is like... I cannot fucking stay here i jailbreak me now like get me the fuck out of here um buffy convinces the doctor to let them take joyce home until the surgery because um you know it'll be better for joyce's mental health you know she can actually rest in a Mm -hmm. like buffy is gonna have to like she is responsible for like you know taking care of her medications uh, checking her vitals, yeah. everything. Um, which Buffy's like, yes, immediately. Um, and so um, they, while they are, um, while they're, you know, getting all of that sorted, um, the demon uh, enters the the psych ward and uh, kills. We see him kill one of the patients, um, but I think later it's five. It's, yeah, it's a bunch of them. Um, Don 
Uh, Joyce has another one of her episodes while they're getting ready to leave and calls Dawn a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and Buffy's uh, John is very hurt. And I, actually, I take that back. This is this happens. Yeah, that, when that, happens home. that happens when they're at yeah. Home. They've gone home. Yeah, the demon is hitched a ride with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's that's when this interaction happens. So the demon and, has a bit of an attraction to uh, those yeah. who are mentally ill. Yeah, put that in your pocket mm-hmm. for now. Um, this scene is so sweet. Dawn runs to her room, and Joyce is like, "What's going on?" Um, Buffy comes in, and she's she comforts her, and she's like, "You know, it's just like the doctor said. She doesn't know what she's saying. It doesn't mean anything." And this is when uh, Dawn's like, "Yeah, but that guy." said something similar and then like the guy at the magic this box this other guy did too yeah. yeah and i sarah michelle geller i mean don is michelle trachtenberg is really really great in this scene but i also love that michelle Tra- or, god damn it sarah michelle geller while doing the comforting you can also see the wheels turning in her head and being like fuck this is like yeah something i might and, it, and it is interesting that uh uh don doesn't bring up when buffy was like yelling at her um, back yeah. in uh, No Place Like Home. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I I can see why realistically, yeah, that probably would come up. I think, though, for the flow of this scene and the emotion of this scene, mm-hmm. it... Because, yeah, I'm not sure... It's interesting. I hadn't thought about are we it. are we back to doing research though? Um, because we yes yeah because we I think we go to the Sunnydale U Library yeah, uh, which Xander's not happy about. It's like why the fuck are we here? That being said, um, oh uh, I almost forgot to get like some outfits that I enjoy in this episode. Yeah, um, fashion corner. Yeah, I gotta say. Uh, now we don't unfortunately we don't have any glory, uh, glory outfits of the week, uh, but. Um, Xander is actually fairly well competently dressed in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, both Willow and uh, Tara are rock and turtlenecks. Yeah. Um, I think I like Tara's more, uh, just because really? I like that color. Oh, okay. that's interesting. I liked Willow's a little more. Um, I liked Tara's, but I was it was just like a shade too bright for me. Okay. I was like, I think I maybe would have liked that just a little, uh, just a little darker. But my uh, my favorite outfit of the episode goes to. Uh, Anya's coat mm-hmm. that she has when they're investigating the meteorite. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's long. It's green. Uh, dark a uh, dark green. It's like a dark green. And I just love the love the look on her. It looks very soft. Mm-hmm. Um, I also it's like it's funny because it's the shade of it's a shade of green. I don't think I typically like very much, but it complemented Emma Caulfield's good job like, Emma. skin tone. Way, way to wear that. <laughs> way to wear that outfit. Yeah. Um, and good job, costumers as well. Xander is looking at a um, like a solar system model, and he's like, "Mercury is so much smaller than Saturn, but the cars of the same name." And Giles <laughs> is like, "Xander, shut the fuck up!" <laughs> I gotta say that that was really funny. <laughs> That's a good singer, Xander. Um, <laughs> Another Xander singer. <laughs> that Xander. <laughs> they are. Um, 
they're, they're specifically researching at the Sunnydale Library um, in the astrology section. You better change that word. Astronomy section. Thank you. So I was like, I was like, wait, I think I'm wrong. I do sometimes like forget which one's which. I am about to... now. Granted, in the early history of science, those were interchangeable. Um, however, astrology, astronomy is currently associated with science, and astrology is currently associated with bullshit. Um, <laughs> I apologize to people who are astrologically inclined. Um, yeah, I actually really do sincerely apologize for that. I get being like freaked out by how big the universe was and looking for any way to kind of like find a little hint as to the mysteries. Yeah. Um, I find astrology very interesting. I do not believe in it, but my, I do find it interesting. My big thing, though, about... I think my big reason that I dislike astrology, um, late, I used to just hate it for like, oh, it's a source of misinformation. It's not usually not a dangerous source of misinformation, um, but I don't like that it makes others pigeonhole you. Mm -hmm. um, so like, say... Uh, Such a Scorpio thing for you to say. I swear to God, <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> punch you right in the face. That is that is it. It's stuff like that that I hate. Like I People find out your star sign or your moon sign or your sun sign or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but then they're like, oh, yeah, I can totally see like all this stuff associated with you. And then you say something like, yeah, but like... That stuff can be associated with a lot of people that you know. And then they'll immediately respond like, oh, that's such a Scorpio thing to say. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, in... And I, 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 I hope that it hasn't specifically happened to me. I honestly don't know. Um, in, like, the... In my, like, attempts at, like, talking to people. But uh, it, you shouldn't pigeonhole people based on, like... This, the placement of the sun when they were born. Yes, you should pigeonhole them based on their appearance. The way we are meant to. <laughs> uh, yeah, be the right kind of shell, goddammit. <laughs> goddammit. Um, they, uh, through their research, they learn of the Queller Demon, which is a demon from beyond the stars. Um, but it is also a demon that is summoned. Yes, it so, is a demon that's summoned specifically to target people who are mentally ill. Um, the kind of the backstory is that they um, believed ancient peoples believed that mental illness was caused by the moon, so they would pray to the moon to uh, to send like relief, which came in the form of this queller demon, and. What's your thought on the fact that we have a demon from space? Because this is something totally new. Does it work for you? Does it not? And like, not the demon itself. Let's not like worry about what it does or what it's designed to do. Let's focus right here specifically about the fact that it is an alien, essentially. Yeah, I mean... Well, technically it is an extraterrestrial. I think the show does a good enough job of like working it into the continuity that mm -hmm. it's not like an earth shattering like it's not like they're meeting vulcans in montana yeah. um yeah i love yeah. giles's line where he's like some demons come from below the earth some come from above i was like okay yeah not they're not sub they're not subterrestrial they're extraterrestrial yeah. 
um, as is said by the initiative dudes. Uh, yeah, I, di- I don't think it's a stretch um, as far as the show goes. I think it like fits in the show's continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it- especially because, like, honestly, when you throw in like a lot of magic and stuff, it's very hard to have like a little more solid foundation um, of what your rules are as to what can happen, what can't mm-hmm. happen, what violates physics, what doesn't. So, yeah, I don't... I, I I still feel like this is more along the lines of demon as opposed to thinking of it solely as an alien. Yeah. I'm kind of right there with you. It is... It's towing the line for me, but I don't think it's crossed yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they went with that. Yeah. Um, I think they definitely wanted to tie it into the moon thing because I, that is like a thing of like, you know, you know, people go crazy at the, oh, yeah, the moon the, and like yeah, all that. Well, well, I mean, like the moon is used for symbolism. Most of it's stupid in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been used in symbolism and justification for several bad beliefs. Yeah. So, so that makes sense. I also think part of it maybe too is just like, because it's so specific what it does, it targets people who are mentally unwell, that maybe there is a bit of like a, okay, well, we, we need to have a reason why the Sunnydale Hospital psych ward isn't just constantly under attack. Um, it, yeah. So it comes from space. It has to be summoned. Yeah. It's tidy, and, and, tidy. I mean, like, it honestly just didn't bother me because I feel like the, um, the design of the creature was so good. Um, Harrison just got a little shudder. Uh, yeah, it, I think like the design of the creature was very effective in being super creepy. Yeah. It honestly didn't really bug me that much, like how ridiculous it might seem that this creature did come from space. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's known as a queller demon. The queller demon because it quells those who are not right in the head. Yeah, I think they spent about five minutes naming that demon. It is a cool name. Like, I, I like the name. It sounds cool. But when I, honestly, part of me was like, eh, maybe we didn't need the explanation. <laughs> that that was a little silly for me. But um, Joyce, back at the house, uh, Joyce is um, in her room babbling. Fits, yeah. Um, Christine Sutherland is so good in this. It is so unsettling. She's on her... The way it's filmed is great. We film from above her on the bed. Mm -hmm. She's like... The way she's got herself positioned looks so unnatural. She's got, like, her legs kind of, like, pulled up. And, like, her arms, like, to her side, like, above her head. There's a couple of shots that remind me a little bit of Hereditary. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, Um, Especially because, like... The, the cuts between, like... Because it does cut back to, like, Dawn. Um, and... Okay. <laughs> Here's something that I would suggest to Dawn. <laughs> if this is happening in the room next to you... Because it literally is, like, right there. Yeah. Like, right across the hall. Yeah. Sleep downstairs. Thank God she didn't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean... Were I in that scenario... Yeah. I'd um, have found a different room to sleep in. Yeah. I mean, I know you need to be close... But I, I feel like at this point, sleeping downstairs isn't too much of a difference from sleeping right across the Well, hall. you're right. And Joyce, honestly, Don doesn't need to be close. Yeah. I know she wants to be close. But Buffy's the one responsible for caring mm-hmm. for Joyce. Yeah. Um, so it's not like Don needs to be right there at her beck and call. 
Um, there, there are but thank really, God she is. Yeah, yeah, there are really good cuts between um, between uh, Joyce and like and Dawn and Joyce's expressions changes during yeah. that. And then we have Buffy doing the dishes. Oh God, this is devastating. It is. Um, she she has to. She has some. What well, sounds like salsa music? Yeah, the playing. name of this song is on here. Oh, gosh, I had it. It is called um, Tahitian Swing. Okay. So uh, by New sal- Age World. So maybe not salsa yeah. music, but uh, but it's like it's like it's got a Latin feel to it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, she turns up the radio because, one, she wants to, uh, like, kind of drown out what Joyce is saying. Yeah. But then, um, she's, like, just washing the dishes and then she breaks down and starts uh-huh. crying. Because, uh, you know, it all kind of catches up with her. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's scene oh in my this gosh. episode. And it, like, she's so good. And, like, the juxtaposition of the music to like what's going on is really good it's um and like everything's dark they've turned off all the lights in the house because the light is hurting joyce's eyes um and they've and they've established that joyce is like like earlier she was like wandering the house unexpectedly so like they're, they're and, keep, and i also think this is like the first time we've kind of seen buffy mm-hmm. break down like this I well mean, she refused to last yeah, week yeah and then like um she obviously looked worried uh, when Spy came up to her at the end of Full for Love, but I mean, and I also can't remember if she was crying or not. Or um, no, yeah. she was doing she was very, doing that 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 very Buffy thing yeah. of the big eyes and the tears are there, yeah. but she will not let them mm-hmm. fall until yeah, right so, now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it just a good decision to have that like finally show up and yeah. Uh, but what also shows up. He's the Queller Demon. Uh, who, um, yeah, all this time you think like uh, Joyce is kind of talking to nobody. Well, she's talking to somebody because that thing's hanging right over her. And then like it drops down on her and then does what it did to Fucking like, the... goops her. Yeah, goops her just like it did to the mental patient in the, that we did see at Sunnydale Hospital. Um, Dawn gets a little worried, uh, gets up and sees that in there. And so she's like, First, she yells Buffy. Fair enough. Yeah. Buffy but doesn't hear her. Buffy doesn't hear her, but I also think that, uh, like, she doesn't even wait. She, like, grabs mm-hmm. a coat stand in her in her room and uh, just goes to town on that thing. Ah, uh, I was so proud of her. Yeah. I, I, Way like, to be proactive, Dawn. So good. She gets a great hit in, uh, and then it, like, pops up and, like... Oh god! I, 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 scuttles! It scuttles! Ooh. It's got like it's got like two rows of teeth going. It's too. like a weird. Okay, so it's like it's like a cockroach shell with no legs, but a human face, but with um. So I don't know. Like a you... like two rows of teeth, like the fucking fluke man from the X Files, and these little arms that. Ooh. So I don't know if you've ever seen um if you've ever played any of the Halo games. I've not. Okay. There are these, like, little creatures. I think they're the first ones that you fight, and they're called grunts. Uh-huh. And um, they very much have a, a character design similar to this. Um, I would say if you took a Halo grunt and combined it with the Sugar Plum Princess from Cabin in the Woods... Oh, yeah. You've got this thing. So, 
also i'm gonna throw in a bit of this this is the fluke man which is a monster of the week from the x-files okay yeah um, that. is that mouth i think it's the mouth that let is me, what uh, upsets me the let most. me pull up a picture of the uh halo grunt like it's just the fact that it's like this perfectly circular mouth with like two sets of horrible teeth and like no lips oh god i mean good job like it, i am very upset that i had to look at this yeah, on my screen oh it's yeah like the, it's got the overall shape the shape yeah i yeah. can definitely see that i really appreciate this episode also having a horror movie feel to it yeah We've not been you know the show's gotten away from its horror roots more or less you know we've had hush we've had episodes that have had um so this is a very like horror movie monster you know the house is dark um yeah, so she gets a good hit in, and then it scuttles over, and she's like, fucking runs. Uh, but fortunately, Buffy does finally hear the screaming. Yeah. Dawn does a great thing. She runs into her room. It chases her into her room, and then she manages to like get around it and out of the room and into that like um, that bathroom that like is connects the two and like back into Joyce's room. Uh, and we talked about the um, Sarah uh, Michelle Trachtenberg's uh, great horror movie Scream and Shadow. Uh, her like full throated, every ounce of air in her lungs, Buffy was also yeah. Because uh, I was like, yes, I do believe Buffy heard her <laughs> over everything going on. And meanwhile, all this is happening. Um, Riley's with the initiative guys at the uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. In the mental ward, uh, they find out that five people have been killed. He's also relaying this information to uh, Willow, to Willow uh, who's at the library, and they share like like the, they share the info on the Queller demon, and um, and he's like, uh, oh yeah, now I'm like kind of worried about Joyce, and uh, they're like, oh you don't have to wor- or no, so like, I'm worried about Buffy. He's like, oh no, Buffy like check Joyce out um, just today, yeah. and. Uh, while the while the initiative guys are tracking the trail that was left by the Queller demon, they say like, "Oh, it ended in the parking lot. It must have like caught a like hitched a ride on a car. Like, oh, some some mental patient that checked out um, that checked out today." But then Riley puts the pieces together. It's like, "I know where it's going." Wouldn't it suck if it hadn't gone home with the Summers? That had gone home with like, because we do know that multiple patients have been being checked out because there was no room. Yeah. But if he was just like, it had to have gone to Buffy's house, and they rush there, and they're just like eating popcorn, and some poor sap's getting killed somewhere else. Yeah. Speaking of some poor sap, Spike shows up. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we feels made, gratuitous we to me. We make jokes about obligatory Spike appearances. This is the most obligatory it's, Spike appearance to date. It feels really gratuitous to me. And like, it's it's not t- like. He makes himself useful, like, he throws her the knife, um, you know, all of that, but... He, his reason for being there is, he says that he's looking for junk in her basement. Yeah. Um, he's looking for junk in her trunk, <laughs> what he's looking for. Yeah, well, I mean, Buffy does notice that he has, like, some pictures of her in his hand, yeah. so dude is, like, really up in his creepiness factor. Yeah. Um, which do you think is creepier, stealing her underwear or stealing pictures of her? Honestly, I, I I think it's both. I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> They're know. both equally creepy. Yeah, because it's less about what he's stealing. And yes, I obviously understand that there is ick factor in certain things, but I mean just the fact of the incomplete invasion, invasion is 
is more important to me than what he's actually stealing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, it doesn't, it's not, a, it's not, it's not super distracting, but I don't think it, I don't think it adds anything to the episode and I, or his relationship with Buffy or his character or anything. And I, nothing that we hadn't learned in the last episode. Exactly. Buffy. And I don't, and I don't think the episode, I don't think it would be better without it. Cause I just, I just think I'm just so neutral on it. Yeah. It's just nothing. Which yeah, means, if it wasn't in there, it wouldn't have affected anything. Yeah. I would have, I met, if it wasn't in there, I might've gone. Oh, we didn't have spike. Yeah. Before. At the end of the episode, <laughs> I went like, Oh wait, there's no spike. In this one, when he shows up, I am I it it's distracting. So mm-hmm. actually I it does take away from the episode because it does distract me from what's actually going on. It is literally James Marsters is a regular. He has to be in the episode, or I mean, he doesn't have to be, but he's gonna get paid whether or not he's in the episode. Yeah. So Let's use him. So they're gonna use him. I feel like there could have been a, a, another place somewhere in this episode. What if... What if Spike, at the beginning of the episode, happened to see Riley getting sucked off by this vampire? And he was like, hmm, interesting. Put that in my pocket. <laughs> I don't know. I, you but, know. Uh, but yeah, Buffy does struggle, um, and uh, so Spike does help. Slopes up, so it's horrible now. Yeah, um, he tosses the knife that Buffy had originally pulled to, like, stab this thing. Tosses it back to her, and she gets it right in the neck. And then the initiative guys show up. Good job, guys. Uh, Yeah. Um, And uh, Riley's like, are you okay? Buffy immediately... Answer. She races upstairs to check on Dawn and uh, and Joyce. And Spike is standing there and he's like, oh, you really miss a show. Yeah. And... I mean, I guess you could say that Spike's there to add more fuel to that paranoia fire that Riley's feeling. We don't really need it. I mean... We don't really need it. We've seen him getting sucked by a vampire. Yeah. Um, In the hospital, Ben Turn is leaving the hospital in his cute little scrubs. (laughs) He gets into his car and Dreg is there. And at first we're like... Glory's bitch. Yeah, Glory's bitch. And at first we're like... Uh oh, who's gonna hurt Ben? But Ben's like, Ben knows him. Yep. Uh, and he's like, what? Why the hell did you summon the Queller demon? What the fuck? Yeah. So Ben was the one who did it, and Ben's like, I was doing what I always do, cleaning up Glory's messes. So I believe there is a connection between Ben and Glory. I suspect there may be a connection between Ben and Glory. I don't know what it is, but hopefully we'll find out later on this season. Let's theorize as the season goes on. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a major fucking reveal. It is, because, I mean, Ben, ben Turn has been reeking of the, uh, of the whole, oh, he keeps showing up, but we don't know his significance yet, so there's going to be something significant yeah. about it. And I think what they've done a good job of is, I remember... Uh, and I'm, you know, listeners, I am not confirming one way or the other that any of these things happen. This is just what my theory was, my first watch, was as this arc with Riley's going on, I was going, oh, Riley's on his way out the door. We're not going to have Riley much longer. And Ben is the new love interest. Interesting. He's, he's, he's super cute. 
He's been a sympathetic ear to Buffy at the hospital. I, w- I was like, this is where this is going. And then when this happened, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? I was rug pulled out. And it's, it reminds me of that reveal that Riley was in the initiative. It happened so casually. Yeah. You're not even prepared for a twist to happen. Um, and I really like that. It's, yeah. it's ben, really good. Ben has pulled off nonchalant very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they wove him in, I feel like, pretty seamlessly. Yeah. It made sense. He's a doctor at the hospital, and he's nice to Buffy. And, and they've like, been going to the hospital fairly frequently. Yeah. Uh, but, um, <sighs> but, yeah. Now do we then, talk about the best scene in the episode? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, good old, a good old Joyce and Buffy scene. I always love a Joyce and Buffy scene. Uh, unless Buffy is being kicked out of her house by Joyce. Although I do love that scene. It's a really good scene. It just makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I hope you're ready to get sad over these uh, <laughs> over the rest of the season. Yeah, Joyce at back. They're back at the hospital. It's the morning of Joyce's surgery. Um, Joyce tells Buffy that when she was kind of out of it, she realized something. She wants Joyce Buffy to tell her if she's right because she's like, it doesn't seem possible, but I just felt so sure. And she says, "Dawn isn't mine." And it's another great moment of even before it comes, you can see Buffy like, fuck, I know what she's about to ask me. And, and, you know, Buffy could have lied to... um, She could have. Because, you know, that's that's like a big thing to kind of drop onto somebody right before they're going into surgery. Like, somewhat risky surgery, too. Um, But, no, Buffy's straight with her. Um, I'm so for glad. the most part, uh, she doesn't. She doesn't like. She doesn't give her all the details. Yeah, yeah. But, but she gives her the details that she needs. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know what? Kudos to Joyce because it's like she's not she's not mine, but she still belongs to us. Oh, I love that line. And uh, yeah, and she's we, like she's important, right? Yeah. To the world, and she's like, if something happens to me, and Buffy's like, no, and then Joyce is like, no, if I don't come out of this. You have to protect her and, and love her, her the way oh. that I, the way that I love you. Oh my and god! Oh god! Fuck! I, I held it back while we were watching, but I might start. I might start and crying. Yeah, like it's um. Well, let me let me analyze this. Thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I personally enjoyed this because, um, as we've mentioned, this was intended to be the last season of Buffy, mm-hmm. and I like that it shows the growing of Buffy. Um, because, you know, before she was just this, uh, before she was just like this girl who, oh, I kill vampires and stuff. Um, but we've seen her grow and become responsible and, but consistent with this growing is that it's never happened at her pace. It's always been forced on her. Yeah. Like, um. Isn't that life though? Yeah. 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 Like, uh, becoming the slayer. Uh, her parents leaving, um, a- everything that happened with Angel. Uh, I mean, Lord knows she would have loved to have basked in the whole like, yeah, like I, I had sex with my boyfriend, and we're gonna have like some, we're gonna have like some really good sex from now on, and just like deal with that. But no, like she, nope. she had to deal with it jealous, and um, and, and yeah, then and killing she, him. Yeah, and then she had to kill him. She had to lead a 
she had to lead a, her class against these uh, this group of uh, like against an evil politician that turned into a giant snake <laughs> yeah. demon, and um, she had to deal with like her boyfriend being like a fucking brainwashed commando. Yeah. Um, she and she had like, to deal with the most boring villain possible <laughs> for an arc, and, and yeah, and she had to deal with all of that and getting betrayed by who she like this professor that she thought she really liked, but in the end turned out to like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm all right with killing you, and she she had to do all that while still trying to be a normal girl, and now she has to like just become somebody that doesn't just like save the day and then walk away she has to come somebody who has to care very intimately for somebody else yeah and both her mom and her sister and it's it's great it's it's a wonderful arc for buffy and I agree. It's, it's the arc of the show i i yeah. one of the arcs of the show everything 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 you just said um and <laughs> I just summarized the entire <laughs> series so far. But um, I, I, you know, I, the one of the re- reasons that Dawn was introduced was because they wanted to write a love story for Buffy that wasn't a romance. Mm-hmm. And I think they fucking pull it off. I, yeah. I, I cannot... I understand certain criticisms about Dawn. I do. And I agree with some criticisms about Dawn. I think a lot of her criticism... I think a, I think a lot of the criticisms that, like, kind of ring true are in next season. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, so, so it's not that I think that when people hate on Dawn that they're being disingenuous. I, like I said, valid criticisms mm-hmm. there are. But I think... I think that a lot of those criticisms, people let themselves get clouded over to what Dawn brought to the show. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for some people, I think the way she's introduced is a big hurdle that they can't get over. And I understand. The show is asking a lot of us to accept this sister that never existed. And to accept this relationship that never the existed sister before. from a non-existent mystery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the, the sister, monks aren't existent. The sister from the non-exister. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you can get over that hurdle, which I can easily, and you know, like, it's worth it. And you know, like I think it it really helps with a rewatch because we've been pointing out like really good dawn moments Mm -hmm. and i think that i can easily see if you are watching the show for the first time you get to the whole like imaginary sister and then you like what the fuck (laughs) yeah and that could honestly like just cloud you for the rest of the season Mm -hmm. um and 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 i don't think season six is a very strong one for dawn uh but um but yeah and i can see like that kind of like go through so i think hell I mean, we've already had a really great time watching these episodes of season five. I think if any season benefits from a rewatch, it's season five. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I also am just really grateful that Joyce knows. I'm grateful yeah. that Joyce knows this early in the season. And, and I'm grateful that she knows before anyone else other than Buffy and Giles. Now the only now the only people that know are Buffy and her parents. Yep. Oh. Also, uh, Joyce says some... In, in her throes of her, like, not being herself, Joyce does say some nasty things to Buffy. I think the nastiest thing that she said is not that she's fat, 
but then she looks like her father. Oh yeah, that one was like yeah, the that one hurts. You're <laughs> disgustingly fat. It, that's not kind to say. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with being fat. Um, and you know, but you know, it's one of those things. It's like okay, you can brush that off because one, it's obviously not true. Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Gellar is very far from being a fat person. Um, more like PHAT, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, you look like your father. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> My mom. You bitch. <laughs> I actually no. I'm, I'll share this with you off mic. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we have a really great last shot of um of Joyce being wheeled in to the operating room, and yeah, like you obviously expect to see Buffy and Dawn there, but then like hanging out behind them are mm-hmm. all the Scoobies. Yeah. And it's so great because they've mentioned this in this whole episode, like, oh, we can't call Buffy. She's dealing with life stuff. Terry even says, like, life stuff comes before all this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then, like, they know that they need to be there. Yeah. And they're there. They're and, there. Uh, and just, like, the episode ends with Joyce Wavens. We do get one moment before, at the very end of the scene between Buffy and Joyce, uh, after Joy- Buffy promises, like, yes, I'll take care of Dawn. But Do- Joyce says, I don't know what I would do without you. Yeah. And she hugs her. And once again, Sarah just doesn't say a word, but you, you can read on her face that she's going. Thinking the exact same no, thing. No, I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. without you. Oh my God, Ugh. fuck. Yeah. This is so good. It's so, it's so good. It was like, I think I've mentioned this before. When I watched it with, when I watched this with John, and it was his first time watching the show, um, a couple years ago, he really struggled to connect with, like, emotionally with the stuff in the high school years because he was like thirty, and and you know I was eighteen when I watched it for the first time, so the high school stuff I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it's not to say that any of that stuff is bad, because um, obviously we have couple hundred episodes now being like this stuff is good um but as i get older yes i'm devastated when buffy and angel break up and the prom episode and all that but i'm also i there's a part of me that's also like got my adult hat on that's like but you'll be okay buffy it's Mm -hmm. very very sad and this is a very good television but you're gonna be fine um it's just a boy this is altogether something different. So much more mature. Um, so much more relatable as an adult. Um, yeah, well, things hit you differently. It could be the exact same thing. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure I mentioned it before on the show, but uh, Big Fish mm-hmm. is my go-to example. Um, that is a movie that uh, hits so much harder the longer that you've lived. Yeah. Because I remember watching that movie when it first came out because I thought it looked cool. And also, um, Ewan McGregor like was coming off of like being Obi-Wan um, in the uh, in the Star Wars prequels, and uh, which he's going to return to in a couple months. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, but and so I wanted to Tim see. Tim Burton like, was still like pretty good. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, that was back before um, I really kind of paid attention to directors. Mm. So um, the name Tim Burton really didn't mean too much to me. Um, obviously now I like, know a little bit more about movies. 
But uh, yeah, it just looked like a fun movie that I wanted to watch that um, that had uh, Ewan McGregor in it. And I remember when I watched it, and I thought the very first time, which was maybe like a year after it came out, and I was because I remember be renting, what, 2004, 2005? Right, yeah, I think that's right. Because um, I remember renting the video from Hollywood Video. And uh, yeah, and I remember watching that movie and thinking like, you know, this is a this is an interesting movie. Um, it's got Steve Buscemi in it, uh, and um, God, I've seen so many movies with him in it. Uh, <laughs> it's done a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's just like, yeah, it's more like um, it was just kind of a thing, like yeah. a, a really interesting fairy tale. Next time I watched it, it was I think. Um, Maybe in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. You have more life experience. Exactly. Like, I mean, so much more. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I just remember all through those last scenes um, when uh, Will's in the hospital with, uh, with Edward and he's telling that he's finishing the story. That is my number two most likely just make me ball scene mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. Like. And uh, I was in tears. My mom was like walking by while I was watching it. And she's like, are you crying? Like, yes. (laughs) But yeah, like, um, yeah, that stuff, the, like the different stuff hits you harder. Um, the, the more you go on in life. Yeah. You pay, you experience this stuff. So, I mean, props, (laughs) props to the writers and just, uh, of the show that are able to make a really great coming of age arc for these characters especially buffy yeah listening to fear oh my goodness yeah we got through it uh i like this episode a lot i said this off mic but like i was going in like i know there's a lot of highs in this episode but i can't remember what the riley stuff is luckily it's not too bad we have that one scene at the beginning, and Riley's relatively innocuous the rest of the episode. Um, and I'm okay with that one scene at the beginning because we do kind of need to show that it's still happening. Yeah, I hate um, it, but like, yeah. it's like it's it's like and, back when uh, Willow and Xander were having their thing. It was like, God, I fucking hate this, but at least we're being consistent about it. Like, and I did mention to Harrison while we were watching it that uh, even though we don't like the story. Mark Lucas does a really good job of having the whole distracted, sort of not caring about stuff, but still trying to sort of yeah. thing. So Mark Lucas is playing it very well. It's just not a great story. Yeah, um, yeah and then like you get like the Spike appearance, which yeah. I mean, it's like there. It's, yeah, it's there. Uh, what are you gonna give this episode? I, you know, it's funny. I was like beforehand, I was like, I'm probably, I was like, this one's probably gonna go like between a three and a three and a half depending on the riley stuff and then we watched it and i was like fuck that's a four that's a four for me um i'm gonna give it a 4.5 yeah yeah nice. like um all the emotional stuff hits perfectly mm-hmm. um the only thing that stops it from being a five out of five is that the scale of the episode it could be like it's very confined. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's weirdly yeah. low key for like it, it is, an episode yeah. that has so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, 
it honestly just comes down to me like uh i, I try not to give out my fives mm-hmm. uh I've, i try to give them out very sparingly it's gotta be like a holy shit this episode yeah and while this is a fantastic episode it's not a holy shit this episode yeah. so yeah i'm gonna give a 4.5 out of five yeah i'm at a four um yeah this is everything well at most everything about it really really works for me um and I, yeah, there's something there's, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it is missing just like some little bit of spark that's preventing me from pushing it right up to a four out of five, four and a half or four and a half. Um, and it might just be, I think it's, I think part of it is anytime we spend away from the summer's women, um, they're not bad scenes. But they're not operating at the same level as those other uh, as those scenes. That's true. Um, yeah, it is with like... the exception, I would say, of the Tara Willow scene. You do. Um, you do love your Tara Willow. Scene. I do, and it's like it's not like the emotional stakes aren't as high in that scene, obviously, but it has a spark there mm-hmm. of um, of you know it's the rest of it is pretty perfunctory research stuff, which is fine, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, that was listening to fear. Um, I would I would argue a very underrated episode of Buffy. I mean, season five is full of them. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I mix I, I'm uh, I'm trepidatious about our next Buffy episode. I, I I think I made a claim at the beginning of the season that there isn't a single season five episode that I would rate lower than three stars. And I think our next Buffy episode is going to test that theory. We'll see. Um, you know, though, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After after discussing it and going in deep, you never know what'll happen. Well, I, we never know. Or I might just be like, "No, I'm stubborn. I'm going to give it a three, no matter what." I mean, you can do that too, you, you stubborn gay man. Uh, anything else you want to do? I don't think so. I think I think we've hit all the things we need to hit. Um, I just I, well, I'll also say one more time. Oh, oh the thing's so disgusting. <laughs> the crawler demon. And oh, we didn't actually. We didn't mention this, but like, it spits up all over Joyce's face, which we did talk about. But it like solidifies immediately, and there's yeah. that shot of Joyce like peeling it off, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I I don't know that I've had such visceral reaction <laughs> to an episode in a while. Good on the effects people oh, and the costumers, yeah. just everything on making that creature just creepy as shit, so, and uh, and the performer, yeah, because it, it's all practical. I don't, think, oh, yeah. I don't think there's a single moment where it's CGI. I think we would have known if it was uh, CGI. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like Daryl uh, <laughs> switching back and forth. Oh, Daryl. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel season two, episode nine, the trial. Yeah. Do you remember which episode this is? Not at all. It's a good one. All right. Yeah. Good, because like the I was not impressed with our last. <laughs> yeah, one. we were we were <laughs> we were not feeling it. I am Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F M A N. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij three five seven and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And if you live in the Louisville area. Or if you are a dedicated fan enough that you want to drive to the Louisville area, <laughs> props to you. Um, but uh, if you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area, uh, I'm going to be in a production of Guys and Dolls uh, that is being put on by Mind's Eye Theater Company. Uh, our opening night is going to be tomorrow. Uh, 
This episode is uh, going to air on the 24th. <laughs> this episode is going to get posted on the 24th of February. Uh, that seems right. We're listeners. We're actu- we're recording a little early. We're actually ahead, which is unheard of. Uh, yes, this will post on the 24th. This is going to post on the 24th. Um, our first weekend is going to be the 25th, 26th, and 27th of February. Um, and uh, our Friday night and Saturday night shows are at 7.30. Sunday matinees at 2.30. But if you can't make it to that weekend... Then uh, we are also doing it the weekend after, same times. Uh, I would really appreciate uh, if you yeah. if you come and support the arts. Link in the show notes. Thank you. When you said it's tomorrow night, I was like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> I like had a panic for a second that you were actually opening tomorrow, and I was like, "You should be at rehearsal." You panicking? <laughs> I would be panicking. <laughs> uh, why are you opening on a Thursday? Oh, actually, that's not that unheard of. All right. Oh gosh blood pressure down sorry buddy (laughs) you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy or you can email us at booze and buffy at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts yeah each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. this week we are highlighting the cancer support community the mission of the cancer support community is to ensure that all people impacted by cancer are empowered by knowledge strengthened by action and sustained by community the cancer support community is leading the way in empowering people affected by cancer by addressing their individual needs linking them linking them to a community of support and helping them to live better lives so that no one faces cancer alone visit www.cancersupportcommunity.org for more information and as always Go slay. And be gay. And name constellations whatever you want. Hell yeah. (laughs) This is Scorpio of you.